The Informed Fitness Podcast with Adam Zickerman and co-host Mike Rogers is a presentation of Informed Fitness Studios, a small family of personal training facilities specializing in safe, efficient, high-intensity strength training. On our bi-monthly podcast, Adam and Mike discuss the latest findings in the areas of exercise, nutrition, and recovery with leading experts and scientists. We aim to debunk the popular misconceptions and the urban myths that are so prevalent in the fields of health and fitness, and to replace those sacred cows with scientific-based, up-to-the-minute information on a variety of subjects. We'll cover exercise protocols and techniques, nutrition, sleep, recovery, the role of genetics in the response to exercise, and much more. Greetings, everybody. This is Adam Zuckerman. Just wanted to let you know that we're going to be talking about for this episode an exercise called the barbell hip thrust. And we're also going to be talking about related exercises such as the glute bridge. If you're not familiar with these exercises, uh, I recommend you going to our show notes and clicking on a link there to see what these exercises look like, and you'll have a better idea of what we're talking about as we discuss this. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. On this episode... The barbell hip thrust and other exercise crazes. We welcome back biomechanics expert Bill DeSimone. People's glutes burn and they get pumped up. And clients may find that gratifying. You know, you feel a muscle get pumped. And again, as a trainer with experience, sometimes you do want to do something that registers on the client, uh, whether it has any kind of, you know, long-term result or not. Because really the secret to a good butt is be born with it and then have the trainer take credit for it. That's really the secret. <laughs> Bill DeSimone is a personal trainer specializing in joint-friendly fitness, as he likes to say. He has over 30 years' experience, is an A-certified health coach and orthopedic exercise specialist, and he has his own studio called Optimal Exercise in Cranberry, New Jersey. Where is that? <laughs> what exit? His book, Congruent Exercise, which is basically my Bible, subtitled How to Make Weight Training Easier on Your Joints is available in print and on Kindle. Joint-friendly fitness emphasizes protecting your joints and spine as you get into shape. And it applies material from anatomy, biomechanics, and rehabilitation to fitness goals. The result is you get more fit, toned, and flexible without the injuries associated with the more extreme approaches. Now, Bill, you and I go back quite a while. How many years? I don't even know anymore. And I have to say, and you know I don't really kiss your butt too often, but I have to say, you really have changed uh, my whole approach to exercise when I read your material for the first time. I mean, I always knew that exercise had to think about safety, but you really gave me the ins and outs of that. It wasn't just surface talk. It was, it was deep learning on, on biomechanics that, that I, I cannot look at a machine now without those numbers going through my head and levers and, and strength curves. It's, it's great. And the best part about it is you've broken it down for somebody that doesn't have a degree in, mechan in mechanics, uh, mechanical engineering, and you're able to just have your typical layperson actually understand this stuff. So kudos to you. And that's why I have you on the show. All the trainers feel that way. And uh, like I would not to kiss your butt also, Bill, <laughs> but the, uh, we, always, uh, we always learn something 
uh, from you every time we have a conversation. So uh, very happy to have you back. Well, thanks. So uh, injuring myself didn't go for nothing, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about something that's a kind of a pet peeve of yours. And you actually asked me to talk about this with you. So, and I'm all for it because uh, it's true. And what we're going to be talking about is the barbell hip thrust or, and also glute bridges and something called a machine-based uh, glute bridge called the glute drive station. I think by Nautilus and, and companies like that. So we're talking about the efficacy of basically glute bridges, what they do for you, the barbell hip thrust. So apparently... In the last dozen or so years, the barbell hip thrust has become an internet favorite. You have videos of attractive young ladies in skin-tight clothes thrusting a barbell. <laughs> and it's really almost become a, a cliche on, uh, on Instagram. Uh, more recently, right, Bill, the, you have Hollywood superheroes. And really, you see a lot of these barbell thrusts being done by NFL players. So let me ask you a question. Are we as trainers... In a facility such as ours where safety is of utmost importance, are we shortchanging our clients by not jumping on, or should I say thrusting on the bandwagon? Are we as trainers passing up, passing up on some magical benefits uh, by not, you know, dry humping a barbell? <laughs> so the, the short answer is no, we're not missing anything. Okay. Um, and uh, what, what set me off was a video of the Nautilus glute drive station which apparently came out in the spring of last year, popped up on my LinkedIn feed, and I saw all the uh, fawning comments about it, and I kind of snapped. Mm. So if you're determined to, to do this exercise, the glute drive station is marginally safer than using a barbell for it. All right. First of all, why don't you describe what a barbell hip thrust actually is and what it's for? Well, so what it looks like is the exerciser has their shoulder blades on a bench, their feet are on the floor with the knees and their hips bent, and there's a barbell lying across the front of their hips. And then you would push the barbell up vertically, theoretically with your glutes um, extending the hip. And the, the, the pitch for this, the tout, is that it's going to give you a better butt, it's going to relieve lower back problems, fix your knees, help you run faster, decrease the likelihood of hamstring injuries, uh, help you leap tall buildings in a single bound. So none of this is true? Uh, they, may have gotten, they may have gotten a bit carried away with the benefits. Yeah, but the, the, the picture, I think, like, the end position is like you're in a virtual like bridge position, like when you're in the top position. Right, exactly. So, so you're, you're straight. You're, you're going from – you're straight. sitting on the ground with your shoulder blades on top of a bench, and then you – push hopefully straight up and yes you, you'd be like you'd call it a bridge position yeah, i was yoga. just going to describe to the listeners so they can understand what the final position is all about right <clears throat> so the first problem with the uh, using a barbell for this is that if you don't prop the bench up against the power rack or against something that's not going to move when you get into position you have a good chance of tipping the, bar the bench over and now you land on your back and on your head on the metal bench with the, with the barbell, barbell on your lap. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget that part. Now I notice in uh, like one of the early journal articles promoting this exercise, in the picture, the bench is propped up against the power rack, but they don't mention that in the text. <laughs> 
So you can easily see somebody, well-meaning person trying to do the current exercise just using a bench and just to get in position, tipping it over and um, messing themselves up. Well, obviously, you know, you don't want that to happen, you know, but let's let's assume that somebody is reminded to prop it up against the wall so it doesn't slide out from under them and kill them. Assuming that they can do the actual hip thrust with a barbell across their lap without that happening, I have a funny feeling that you're going to tell me that there are other problems with the exercise in general, aside from those external risks. Like what other risks are associated with putting a barbell across your lap with a lot of weight on it and thrusting your hips up in the air like that? So here's what the biggest promoter of this exercise wrote about it. It's of utmost importance to ensure that the spine and pelvis stay in relatively neutral positions and the extension movement comes from the hips, not from the lumbopelvic region. A slight arch in the low back is fine, but excessive lumbar hyperextension can predispose the posterior elements of the spine to injury and increase disc deformation and spinal loading. And he also oh, that's it? And he also wrote for maximum so that's all you have to do, right? For maximum safety, the head and neck should track accordingly to remain in alignment with the spine. Oh, there was more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now this is from the guy who likes the exercise. You know, for me, as somebody who's trained clients for over 30 years and trained myself for almost uh, 40 something. Um, <laughs> How old are you? No, I'm, just I'm, I'm 60. Shut up. Oh, anyway. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Anyway. Um, now, with my experience, the difference between hip extension, which would be a straight line between your torso, your hip, and your thigh, and a slight arch in the lower back, and an excessive arch in your lower back, trying to draw that distinction is a pretty big ask, not only if you are trying to coach a client in it, but if you are the person doing the exercise, you really can't see where you are in space. And if you have a barbell on your lap and you're really pushing up hard, you're really not able to, to fine tune that exact, that exact position, right? You gave me a quote from, from I think, a, some other strength coach, right? That <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The, the other, now the, this other um, uh, sports conditioning coach, his line was, who's, who's down on it, his line was by using maximal weight, athletes try to put more force into the bar which can result in hyperextension of the back, spinous processes compressing on each other, possible disc protrusion through repeated hyperextension, and weighted posterior tilt at the bottom could also cause spinal problems and ligament laxity. So that better be one phenomenal exercise to really take these chances with somebody else's back. Did you say he was down on it or down with it? No, no, he was down. He was, he was, he was anti. The name, no, I know. Getting down on it. The name of his, down the name of his article, which granted wasn't academic, was the heavy hip thrust is ruining our backs in the, and this industry. A little on the nose, but, mm-hmm. but, but his experience was, what, it was in dealing with athletes and their chiropractors and their physical therapists, all of whom were trying to do this heavy barbell hip thrust. Let me ask you a minute, Bill. Let's see. Uh, if you take the uh, the barbell off completely and just do the exercise on its own, so how so safe a glute is bridge? It? Now, now we're talking about a glute bridge. Well, a glute bridge. No, a hip thrust. A, a hip thrust with just your body weight. A non-weighted hip thrust. What I mean, obviously, you have a better chance at sort of maybe having a little bit more attention to your alignment of your back a little bit because you're not worried about all that other kind of stuff. How safe or unsafe is just the movement of doing a hip thrust without it being weighted? 
And, and if it is safe, what are the benefits? Correct. It's really two different exercises. And I think... What? The barbell hip thrust? Barbell hip thrust and, 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 and the plantar glute, glute, glute bridge, right. Because I think what they do, did was take the glute bridge from physical therapy and decide to add a bar to improve it by adding a barbell to it. Why not, right? Right. It, <laughs> so, so in physical therapy, it's done in the context of lower back health. Mm-hmm. So one of the... the approaches out there, not mine, but Stuart McGill and physical therapists, is this idea of glute amnesia. So for whatever reason, someone's glutes stop firing. So for instance, if you notice people who look at a, a, a phone or a tablet all day and their head is down. And they're sitting all day. They're sitting all day. When they go to the floor to pick something up, they don't keep their back straight, bend their butt, and then lift with their legs and their butt muscles. They tend to crumple to the floor. And like anything else, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And so then it becomes habitual to not use the glutes to stand up. So this is so the glute bridge is an answer to that? So, so, so that creates the glute amnesia. And what they do in physical therapy in this case is they try to isolate the glutes just to get it working again. So they may start with the clamshell exercise, which is sort of like hip abduction, mm-hmm. because there are no other muscles can help you do that. Hold on. Clamshell, when you're laying on your side and, and somebody's putting pressure on your legs and you're trying to separate your legs. You're lying on your side, knees bent, laying on your side, and you're, and, you're and opening. And you're pushing against. Right. Yeah, trying to. So, so similar to the hip abductor machine mm-hmm. that we used, you know, uh, the Nautilus and Medic station. So the next step after that would be the glute bridge. And so what they do is you're lying on your back. Knees are bent, heels are by your, by your butt. And this is a key thing here. You tighten your abs. Because if you don't tighten your abs, when you push up, you run the risk of the muscles around the spine arching to try to help with the hip extension. But if you tighten your abs, they're not going to try to arch, and the tight abs are going to keep you from hip extension. Mm-hmm. Or the other thing you do is you hold a yardstick between the person's, say, shoulder or rib cage and their knees, and when they fill the gap to the yardstick, they may have a, there might be a little bit of margin of error that they could go, but you're at least you're at least preventing them or going coaching them that point. to go into that forced hyperextension. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hyperextension, if you do it, say over a bosu, or over a ball, or 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 just in general, where you have support underneath. Well, it's not hyperextension is a problem. Forced mm-hmm. hyperextension is a problem. Mm-hmm. So somebody in a bench press who's arching their back or somebody who's doing an overhead press and arching their back, so they're, they're lifting so heavy that they're constantly pushing the weight and not where their spine is. It's when you force hyperextension that the, the litany of back problems can come up. Mm-hmm. What about real quick while doing the, uh, the MedX or the Nautilus hip abduction machine? Because sometimes you know, when, when you're extending outward, that actually, it, it seems like that happens a lot with clients. That's- so, so what you, so what I noticed also is early in the set, your glutes can overpower the weight stack. The glutes pull on your legs, uh, the, the weight stack separates. As you get fatigued, and now the weight stack is moving slower, if you insist on pushing with your glutes, instead of pulling your, your thighs towards your hips, it's going to pull your hips towards your thighs. And now you're forcing that hyperextension again on the lower back. So how I've been coaching it is towards the end of the set, when I see that start to happen, that's when I tell the person to, to tighten up their abs. Mm-hmm. 
I have the, the Nautilus Nitro where your feet are in like rungs at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I also have them dig in. So they're pushing into the rungs. So between the tight abs and pushing into the rungs, they're holding their pelvis in place. Mm -hmm. Now what will happen is your, your glutes will burn out quicker that way. So your, your, your count will be lower or your, your TUL will be lower. But the extra um, effort that continuing with your spine flopping, you got to weigh whether the benefits that are going to outweigh mm -hmm. the extra wear and tear of the forest hyperextension on your spine. That was the one exercise I've I've like been a, a little lenient on forced extension. Like everything else, I'm like a Nazi about, but like that's the only one. I, forced abduction, I, you mean? Uh, well, ex extension as a result of doing the, 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 the abduction. The, exactly. So that's why I'm. Uh, well, again, if you see the person's, again, it'll happen at right. the end of the set. Yeah. Or if you put too much weight on. Right, right, right. And since the hip muscles can't overpower the weight stack mm -hmm. as easily. If you keep pushing, it's going to pull your pelvis right. towards the front, forcing that hyperextension. Right. I think what you do is you so coach. We, should, yeah, we shouldn't be liberal with uh, with letting. That oh no, happen. I would keep that. Okay. No, I, yeah. I would. You yeah. see that happen? I would tell them to tighten their abs. Right. Right. And if they still can't do it, they're done. Mm -hmm. If if the person really wants to extend the set, I would lighten the weight, lower then. the weight, yeah. or do a forced rep, or do something that allows them to protect their lower back. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Because part of why you're doing hip abduction is to get their lower body some exercise without jeopardizing their back, right? Otherwise, you'd be doing side barbell squats or some silly, you know. But if you're doing the machine and the back is going into the position you don't want it to go in, what you've kind of defeated the purpose. Right. So going back to the glute bridge or the hip thrust without without a, a barbell, without the barbell. So basically, if you could stay mindful of keeping a neutral spine, not going into any forced extension, is it a good exercise on its own? See, I still don't think the biomechanics work as advertised. Mm -hmm. You know, not to get terribly weedy here, but the joint angle, I just happen to have this memorized, that the joint yeah. angle for peak muscle torque of hip extension is 70 degrees of hip flexion. So in other words, not to get, weedy not to get too weedy or I memorized it or, or prepared before I came here. So in other words, at about the quarter squat level, so not parallel mm -hmm. and not rock bottom, about quarter squat, that's where your hip extension, that's where you're strongest. Biomechanically, just from the sliding filament theory, from how the internal moment arms work, the further away you get from that, you get proportionally weaker. Mm -hmm. In something like a leg press or a squat or a conventional deadlift, mm -hmm. the exercise mechanically hardest at about that angle. Mm -hmm. And as you get away from that angle, the exercise gets mechanically easier. Which is a good thing. It's congruent. It match. It ma it's, it's a. It's a built-in cam. Mm -hmm. It pretty much matches the, the torque curve. Right. For those of you who don't have any clue what we're saying right now, this is just a good thing. Leg presses, uh, deadlifts in general, and squats are biomechanically correct and not putting certain. If done right, are not. You said seventy degrees at the. You said. Mm -hmm. uh, for maximum torque on hip, is that what you said before? 70 degrees of hip flexion. Right, flexion so in other words, yeah, yeah. straight, full hip extension, straight line between the mm -hmm. thighs, the, the thighs, hip, torso, that's zero hip flexion. Mm -hmm. So 70 degrees of hip flexion mm -hmm. is where they're strongest. Right. You know, all other things about squats and deadlifts aside, mm -hmm. the sticking point in those exercise approximates where that strong angle is. And it gets easier as you approach lockout. When you go to lock out a leg press or a squat, it gets easier, but your muscles are getting weaker, so that's fine. That matches fine. It's a very right. efficient exercise. Mm -hmm. right. 
in the glute bridge, you start at about that strong joint angle, and you're, you're simply lifting out of that strong joint angle into the weaker joint angle. That's where the challenge comes from. Because even with a barbell on your lap, there's no lever created for the hips to work against, right? Mm -hmm. The barbell is right over the hip joint. It's the equivalent of standing in the center of a seesaw, right? There's no lever. So the glute bridge is only difficult because you're taking the, the muscle from a strong joint angle to a weak joint angle. It's not the same as saying don't do it, though. Because, like, again, one of the touts for this thing is that people's glutes burn and they get pumped up. And clients may find that gratifying. You know, you feel a muscle get pumped. And again, as a trainer with experience, sometimes you do want to do something that registers on the client, that gets their attention, so it fe the workout feels a little different, uh, whether it has any kind of, you know, long-term result or not. Because really, the secret to a good butt is be born with it and then have the trainer take credit for it. That's really the secret. So like in our context, what I would, what, if you wanted to use it, I would, I would consider doing, say, the hip abduction first. So that addresses the glutes appropriately, right? Go to like a leg press or a squat, which again is going to challenge the glutes where they're strongest. And now that they're fatigued, now I would go into the physical therapy style glute bridge. Because now with no extra weight, they're already fatigued. You're going to feel it a lot quicker than if you did it fresh. Right. I get, I get it. Is it good for the lower back? It's good in the context that if the glutes are working, they take the brunt of lifting something off the floor. So the cliche is lift with your legs, not your back. So you pick something off the floor, you, your back muscles hold your back posture, you bend at the knees and the hips, and your glutes and your quads lift mm -hmm. the object while your back is protecting itself. Is it good for your back? If that's a problem, right, if, if, your glutes have, if you have glute amnesia and so your lower back is taking more of the, the strain of standing upright or lifting something, mm -hmm. then yes, it's good for your lower back. So you could include it almost like as an insurance policy just to make sure, because I don't really know physically what my clients are doing outside the gym. Right. Do you, uh, do you I mean, before I wasn't sure if you believed in glute amnesia by the way you said it before. So are you, is that is I mean is that real? I believe physical therapists think it's real. And, yeah, that's and, and people you, and people you just said so. That's why I was thinking. I was and confused. people who study first of all, it's not my term. Right, right. So McGill, who studies, does a lot of back research, right. and physical therapists who deal with this all the time, they think it's real. It's not. So I'm, I, the only reason why I, I qualified it is because it's not my concept. Right. right. But you know, yeah, I, I do because, for instance, I used to um, do some work with high school football team. And one of the things they looked at was if the kid can bend. And by that I meant is that they'd say squat, and if the kid didn't stick his butt back, shins almost vertical, and squatted, if the kid crumpled to get to the floor, they said, no, doesn't have the skills. Mm -hmm. So there is something to, you know, not having strong hip, hip muscles. Well, I mean, uh, it, to, to me, it seems it makes does make sense that uh, glute, glute amnesia does exist. You know, who knows, whatever. But if it does, I, to me, the primary cause being something that people do, like what we're doing right now, which is sitting. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, your glutes aren't working right now. I know. They're I know. not working when you're standing up or walking. Right. But it, it's all I mean, the, the theory that I heard like right through another seminar and another exercise thing was that it was attributed to, and we've talked about this we mentioned the term in our last podcast was reciprocal inhibition from the hip flexor because this is activated by being in hip flexion. It's quieting the glutes and for long periods of time and actually 
being in that position could over time like you know limit the glutes from firing effectively whether it's a like a picking up something as you said before or an athletic movement like a golf swing or you know that what's involved in a in a rotational golf movement or something well and that concept applies to other muscles too like when i had the rotator cuff surgery and the shoulder was turned in because that muscle was repaired and tight Mm -hmm. the muscles on the back of the shoulder shut down right and so no rear deltoid, no traps, no. Um, but this is listen. You know, I'm hearing this, and I'm like, this is temporary. They shut down temporarily. As soon as you really use them the proper way with proper biomechanics, they're going to turn on. It's not like they're turned off and right. That's and right. They can't get turned on again. Th- that's so right. If you but, do but, a leg press properly. You're turning them back on. I, I don't get all this modalities of, of first thing you got to do is kind of turn your glutes on, and then you can start doing a leg press or deadlifts or. Well, but but now the context though in physical therapy is someone has back pain. Mm-hmm. Someone probably isn't regularly exercising. Someone's not reg- Someone's sedentary. Someone's not regularly exercised. They present with back pain. There's no distinct injury. There's no surgery, and they're not exercising. Yeah, so their their backs probably deconditioned. Yes. Their glutes are deconditioned. Their hip flexors are deconditioned. Right. They sit. Their hip flexors are shorter. So you do a little of everything, and it'll all sort of come back together, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm not judging what the physical therapists are doing. I'm just saying where the ideas came from to bring this home. The idea is where did the idea to put a barbell on your the front of your hips come from? They, I, I'm sure they took it from the physical therapy glute bridge and said, well, if it's good for physical therapy for glutes and backs, it must be good if we put a bar. It's better if we put a barbell right. on it. If the if the Nautilus glute drive station say that you could actually limit it to 70 degrees at the hip, uh, uh, well, flexion, go from 70 you, at the bottom to zero at the top. Even though it could be a limited movement. Would that be a safe exercise if, or uh, like if you just, if you're, cause you're not gonna have to worry about the the barbell anymore. It's just, uh, you're, you're sort of going into that. Into it's the been there, but the problem is being loaded up in that zero flexion spot. Funny you should bring that up because the guy who, biggest promoter of this exercise, the glute guy. Yeah. He's actually named the glute guy. He that's a, a that's his website called, the, called glute the glute guy. Who inspired the glute drive machine in trying to set a personal record on the glute drive machine, tore his actual glute. Did he really? <laughs> seriously. By his seriously. own admission on his own Instagram I don't account. want to laugh, but... Seriously. Uh, so... You heard it seriously. That should give people an idea that... Now, now it's very tough to tear a muscle while you're exercising. You, you, if you... Like a biceps rupture, a tendon, a triceps rupture, that's a tendon popping off the bone right. or a tear near the tendon. Right. But to actually tear a big chunk of the meat of the muscle, that, that's almost, almost unheard of. Wow. Now, I don't think most people doing this exercise are at risk of tearing their glutes. Mm-hmm. I think the real risk is the lower back. Right. And if you notice these NFL guys using hundreds of pounds, they start slow at the bottom, and they don't hold it at the top. They just kind of pop it out of the bottom. Mm-hmm. Because they can't hold it at the top. Because they can't. It's too heavy. And, right. and, and they're going to a weaker part of the muscle torque curve. Mm-hmm. The danger, of course, to even those guys is you've done 10 or 15 reps, even though you did them – half-assed by our standards, mm-hmm. you're still fatigued and you still have 500, 600 pounds and now you pop it up that last time and it's going to come back down on you and your your glutes are going to try to contract. They're going to try to control releasing the contraction when they catch it. Right. And that's where you can get hurt. Uh, it sounds like you can get hurt in almost all parts of that exercise. Getting into it, doing it, the the, the lower part, the high part, getting out of it. I mean, it's aside just, from that, yeah. Aside different. from that, it's great exercise. <laughs> all right, yeah. so to wrap this up, then, if I may include for us, uh, hip thrust with with weighted 
barbells is something you probably should not be doing and it's not necessary to do. Glute bridges have their application to, to stimulate activation, right? And that's to, uh, that's to, the way they would phrase it. That's right. And to be aware of your body in space to an extent. But but there is no substitute for ultimately, you know, when you want to work your butt, go into hip extension, do a safe leg press, uh, for the, which would be my recommendation of some kind of, you know, they have the, uh, the, the hip machines are also, some of them are pretty good, right? Nautilus had the right idea years ago with the hip extension yeah. machine. All right. Thank you very much, Bill. That was very informative. Anything you want to add, Mike, before no, we sign no, yeah, off? Honestly, that was, uh, it was awesome. awesome. It was All right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Very Thank much. you, guys. This has been the Inform Fitness Podcast with Adam Zickerman. For over 20 years, Inform Fitness has been providing clients of all ages with customized personal training designed to build strength fast. Visit informfitness.com for testimonials, blogs, and videos on the three pillars, exercise, nutrition, and recovery.